into the contest. It's Wednesday the 21st of July. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. Shane Lee, what have you been cooking? Uh, I'm really, you know, I'm looking for these little, just these little signposts of magic. What have you been cooking? Well, my dad sent me some, um, uh, from his farm, just some leeks. I did a potato and leek soup last night with some crusty bread. That was quite oh, very nice. nice. Big latherings of butter. Mm. Oh, sounds beautiful. Yes. Look, we have the State of Origin jersey. We're going to give that away over the next couple of weeks. Follow us on our Twitter page, Afternoon Sport, or Facebook, and you could win that sign. New South Wales, of course, they won the series. State of Origin jersey. Today on the show, it's a big one. John Thompson, all the garbage that went on at the last Grand Prix, and one of of Australia's favourite sports stars, Melinda Gainsford-Taylor. So Shane, plenty of athletes, plenty of Australian athletes will be putting on the green and gold for the very, very first time. What is it like? I can't talk about it because I never did it. No, it's a special moment. And I remember going to Adelaide for my first one day against the West Indies in 995 and arriving in my hotel room and all my yellow gear was laid out in the bed. And uh, I must admit, I did put it on and look at myself in the mirror for for a little while. But yeah, it's it's a real special feeling. You almost feel invincible when you first put on the, the, the green and gold. So I'm sure these young athletes who are about to partake in that for the first time are going to be very, very excited. A lot would rush through the system, wouldn't it, when you're there in front of – I remember that game. I was over there covering it when you debuted mm. for Australia. But you'd, you'd reflect on those early days in Oak Flats and where it began and how you've got there. Yeah, it sure did, mate. And look, as you said, a lot goes through your head and you, you start thinking about people who have been good good to you on the way up and um, and you, all, you obviously want to thank them on the way down as well. But, uh, yeah, I remember walking out to bat without a helmet against the West Indies because I, uh, I thought – the girls might be able to see my face on TV and might get some action that night. But uh, <laughs> thank God the West Indies did knock my teeth out. Yeah, well, you got 40 odd, didn't you? It was, it was a nice sound to boo at the Adelaide Oval. Well, another country sports star, of course, came from Narromine, Melinda Gainsford Taylor. What a runner she was. And uh, with the Olympics just around the corner, we're going to have a chat with Melinda next. Now, Shana, you're into the finer things in life. Have you tried Volando tequila? Timmy, I actually have. It's fantastic. It's high-end. It's world-class. What do you mean? Does that mean it tastes good? Yeah, it does. It's really more than your average tequila. You've got to think more whiskey. Think smooth, rich in taste and high in spirit. Sounds like a great addition to taco night. Well, it moves taco night from Tuesday all the way to Saturday, if you know what I mean, Timmy. Oh, I know what you mean. It must be pretty special. Volando tequila for the moment. For more information, head to volandotequila.com.au. Get to the website and use discount code TEQUILA15 for 15 bucks off any purchase until the end of July 2021. One of Australia's favourite sports stars, of course, dominated athletics for a number of years in this country. I work with her for many, many years as well. Melinda Gainsford-Taylor, how are you? Very well. How are you guys? Melinda, we're great. So um, as a former athlete, do you get excited this time leading up to the Olympics? Well, considering I was thinking um, how many days to go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, definitely. And, you know, the most exciting thing now compared to my day, there's so much social media on it mm. that um, – you feel like you're starting to get to become a real part of it, you know, by watching people's stories and listening about things. So mm. that's pretty exciting. Obviously, there's the subplot of the whole pandemic, which is going to run alongside it. But once we start getting competition, Melinda, we're seeing the Matildas in action tonight. 
it will wash away, won't it? Because you've been to three Olympic Games yourself. I've covered them. We know the way they go. In the lead-up to it, you get all this talk. But as soon as the gold medals and the the action starts, it tends to quieten things down on the edges. Oh, look, absolutely. And, you know, obviously we've been in massive drama um, coming into these Olympics. But I think if you went back to every Olympics, you know, or the ones that I have been alive for, um, there's always some type of drama, you know, whether it's terrorism or, you know, their stadiums aren't going to be built in time or whatever it may be. But you're right that now that they're all over there and, um, I mean, obviously this is probably the toughest ever for any athlete to experience only because I feel as though a lot of them are not going to get the full experience that, um, as an Olympian, you know, that I've had to experience in the past. So that's really sad. But one thing they can never take away from is the fact that they are there at the Olympics and they are now Olympians and, you know, trying to be the best they can be. Big time. Well, it looks like we've got a strong team. Um, who, who are our hopes in the track and field, do you think? Well, track and field, we've had some really fabulous performances recently over in the Diamond Lane and you've probably seen it with mm. Stuart McSwain. Um, he's broken the Australian record again for the 1500 metres, but he also had a massive run in Oslo where he ran the fastest mile um, in the world in seven years. Wow. You know, that is, it's such a tough event, that event. You know, there's so much depth with a lot of the countries, especially the African countries. So he's really in the mix there of, you know, you know, I, I, I do hate saying medals because I don't want to put that pressure on him, but if there's anyone that could potentially do that, then it definitely would be him. Um, and then also we've also had, um, uh, Nicola McDermott, who's just uh, gone out and jumped 201 uh, over Ooh. overseas as well, which is another Australian record, and that definitely puts her in the middle. Yeah, in the middle. So I, we do say um, medals, but um, you know, as I said, I hate to put pressure on them, but <laughs> even as a team, we got one of the biggest. I think we got 64 athletes in track and field that that are competing. Um, over there in Tokyo and that's the biggest away team we've ever had and we've got a lot of uh, young ones coming through you know which I find very exciting that you know we've got this this new crop of athlete that is now starting you know to Mm. compete with the rest of the world so that's really exciting. Yeah, absolutely, and you never know where something might just pop up in a relay or, or another another discipline out in uh, track and field. Now, Melinda, I, met, I, met, I asked Shane the question earlier on in, in the show about basically what's it like wearing the green and gold because the only green I wore was St. Patrick's Guildford and I had to wear gold for another representative team when I was in <laughs> Calicom. But for a girl from Narromine, when you, when you put on the green and gold, and look, obviously the Zenith was you know competing at the Olympic Games in front of your home crowd in Sydney. Oh, look, that was phenomenal. I mean, I was very, very lucky. And uh, we, we got to compete in that and there was like 110,000 people there. And I would say 100,000 that were Australians. So, yes. you know, that one moment when you, li- you know, lined up and I remember my first event was 100 metres and um, and then they announced my name and the noise was deafening. And, you know, I was really lucky because I'd had a lot of experience by then because that was my third Olympic. So mm. I wasn't nervous. So I just enjoyed it. I just loved every moment. It actually really pushed me. Um, but, yeah, there there is that moment I, I find too. And, you know, I know our track and field athletes are gonna, aren't going to get experience this, this time. But even being in the opening ceremony and just looking down and seeing, oh, my gosh, I'm wearing the Olympic uniform, you'd think, oh, my gosh, I'm at the Olympics. Yeah. Um, it is very, very special. And you probably – 
um, think of it more later on. Like once you retire, you'll probably enjoy the, ex- you know, look back on it and really get a taste of what an incredible experience it was. Yeah, you almost feel um, disappointed for the Japanese athletes who won't get that experience in, the, in their homes, your home stadium. So true. Yeah. And that's the idea of having a home Olympics is for them full experience and and their country and their population as a whole being a part of it. Like, you guys remember, how happy was everyone here in Sydney? Oh, I don't think I've ever seen anyone so oh, happy. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah, well, that's that's how Prince Princess Mary got to uh, got to Europe, wasn't it? They met at the Sydney <laughs> Sydney Olympic Games. A lot happened back then. What a great story that is! Oh, it's a cracker. Well, Melinda, so you're looking forward to uh, sitting on the couch, Uggies on, and and just enjoying it with the family. Oh, absolutely! I've uh, my I've got my daughter who's sixteen, um, and also now my son's eighteen. And now that we're in lockdown, what else are we going to do? I mean. That's- <laughs> How good is it that we've got this, um, the Olympics, to bring a bit of joy into our lives as well? So um, I'm going to love every minute of it. Oh, you're a legend, Melinda. Thanks for coming on the show. And, uh, yeah, it will be a good time, good time to spend with the kids. And um, I'm sure you're going to relive some old, very, very happy memories. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. You take care. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, all the motorsport from here and overseas, it's Mr John Thompson. Rugby, it's a game they play in heaven. Look out for our podcast, The Running Game, where Matt Dunning joins me, Tim Gilbert. Each week, we speak to players, coaches and legends of the game. We look at the game from every angle at all levels, from test rugby, the club game, city to country and the way it's played at school. The Running Game. Come find us on your podcast app. Time to talk motorsport, and there's so much about right at the moment. John Thompson, Verstappen versus <laughs> Lewis Hamilton. It's almost the next fight in the big ring. It was like a heavyweight title fight on Sunday night, Tim. Yeah, absolutely. The two of them, the, the giants of Formula One at the moment, really going toe-to-toe. And that first lap incident uh, at the Cops Corner, one of the fastest corners in world motorsport, um, the two cars touched and Verstappen spun off it. Oh, something around 180 kilometres an hour, hitting the fence with a 51G force. Wow. So he, he uh, got out of the car. Well, he got out of the car. He was a bit shaky and uh, obviously tentative on his legs, but it was a, a massive crash and testament to the safety built into those Formula One chassis these days. Unbelievable, yeah. So who was at fault then, John? Uh, look, I think it was probably a 50-50 thing, Shane. You know, really, they're both vying for the lead on the opening lap of a Grand Prix the championship is delicately poised. Verstappen had a 33-point lead heading into that race. Uh, it was Hamilton's home race. He really wanted to – he had to get in front of of Verstappen at that point or, or try to because if he didn't, he probably would have been tailing him for the rest of the Grand Prix unless they could have pulled off a miraculous pit stop strategy. Um, that, that was a possibility, but he had to – stamp his authority right from the word go. Verstappen knew he was there. If you watch yeah. the onboard of Verstappen's car, he looked at the mirror. He had it full of Mercedes-Benz. He actually adjusted his steering at one stage just prior to them clashing to, to move out, and then he moved back in again. You know, these things happen. The fractions of seconds that they need to actually make those decisions are, you know, superhuman. Uh, they, they make mistakes too. And yep. probably Hamilton was a little bit to blame, but so was the staff. Well, boy, they carry on. Some of, some of the garbage, some of the bullshit that's happened since is ridiculous, John. Oh, absolutely. 
both Christian Horner, the team principal of Red Bull, and Helmut Marko, who's the special advisor, who is like the talent scout, the, the overseer of the Red Bull team, a famous old Austrian racer. Um, they were both decrying Hamilton, saying he should be suspended. Christian Horner was on the radio to race director Australian Michael Massey, and Michael Massey was very calmly saying, look, the stewards will decide this, Christian. It's not my decision. Um, and they gave Hamilton a 10-second penalty, which is probably fair enough. But a, a race suspension would be going a step too far. And so, yeah, the carry-on is ridiculous. Let's get on with it. The gap now between them uh, is only a handful of points uh, heading to the next race at Hungary. And then they've got a month's break, before three-week break before the next Grand Prix. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens at the Hung- Hungaro ring uh, in a or week after next and uh, see if... Uh, the battle continues. Now, John, the um, the next generation of the F1 um, car design has just been unveiled at, at Silverstone. Yeah, really interesting car, Shane. It's, it's going to be a very, uh, very different Formula One car to the ones we've, we've seen in the past. It's mm. a lot more elegant. There's a lot, lot less brackets hanging off it and that sort of thing. And obviously it's a concept because each team will do their own design. But they've got a basic template, if you like. Um, and the aim of it is to try and promote uh, closer racing because the problem with Formula One cars at the moment is when one car comes in behind the other, um, there's no, there's not as much airflow going over the wings, so you haven't got as much grip. So that disadvantage is the car trying to pass, uh-huh. which is why they have the the DRS system that opens wings and and that sort of thing. This new car has been designed to try and make racing closer with more uh, ground effect, if you like, with making the whole car a wing rather than just the the wings giving the downforce. It's also going to have, for a change, 18-inch wheels. Currently, most people don't realise that Formula 1 cars have 13-inch rims, which are about the same size as you used to have on your E.H. Holden. But, um, you know, it's going to drag uh, a lot of things into the 21st century, and hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll make racing a lot more close uh, when these cars debut next season. And, and John, just finally, I was watching Cam Waters. He was brilliant in Townsville, wasn't he? Absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, obviously, a bit advantaged on the Saturday by some time penalties to both the Red Bull 888 Ampole cars um, of Shane Van Gisbergen and Jamie Winkup. They both cop um, penalties for various infractions. Um, but Cam Waters was supreme, uh, got the Mustang back on the, the top step, uh, and he is, I think, probably uh, the best Ford driver out there at the moment and, and probably the best chance to take it to Shane Van Gisbergen as the championship unfolds. And there's a bit of chaos as the championship unfolds because obviously the pandemic has closed off opportunities in the southern states. The racing is going to continue in Queensland. The next round is scheduled now. The Queensland Raceway, probably the most boring track in Australia, but um, at least it's going to allow them to race uh, when they hit there in a fortnight's time. Yeah, Queensland might be the most boring track in, in Australia, but I tell you what, Queensland's a lot more, more exciting than lockdown in Sydney, mate. Thanks for your time, John. Good on you, guys. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you today, of course, to Melinda Gaines for Taylor and to John Thompson. Thank you to Spartan Sports, Shane. Yeah, www.spartansportshq.com. And the great man, our producer, Mr. Dan McHugh, will be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.